Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 160.5. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I can't keep a pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pitch, please. Uh, So continuing over the next several weeks, we're going to have two recordings a week. Uh, This is our regular issue uh, titled 160.5. Uh, where we're going to be talking about comic news, play some fun, spooky games, because it's October, and deal with non-X-Men comics. But every Friday, you can check out our Crossing Swords uh, podcast crossover, which covers Ten of Swords, and we're doing that with uh, other podcasts, including House of X, Comic Book Queer's Legacy, uh, the podcast Nago Snicks, and the X-Reads podcast. Uh, And then this issue is coming out every Monday, but uh, I'm going to kick it over to Brent to get us started. All right, this week on Homo Superior, we continue the spookiness of Halloween with another classic made-up-on-the-spot Homo Superior game. Uh, HBO, The CW, Amazon, and Amazon Prime are getting some interesting new TV shows. Uh, DC Comics are going to start looking in the future while Marvel pulls a team from the past. We go to Clark's got something, so watch out. Uh, and we talk about this week's comic issues. So... Uh, let's start out with the spooky game. Um, all right, this week's game, you, the, the MCU, at least as so far as we've seen it, the closest we came to anything that was spooky was Doctor Strange, and you guys were only frightened by how bad it was. So uh, you're making a new movie for the MCU, or TV show, I'll allow, um, and it's your own version of some spookiness. Uh, Kalen, what do you got? So um, I think they are setting up Doctor Strange to kind of reassemble the Avengers, like with the the death of Tony Stark. I think Doctor Strange has sort of become the, in many ways, the face of the MCU. And he does that. But then he sets up his sort of like uh, another group of like side characters to do some dirty deeds that the Avengers can't do. And uh, uh, we haven't figured out the name for it yet, but I'm just going to like give them the name The Midnight Suns, which is based on mm. a 90s crossover um, or a little subsection of Marvel. So we'll just call them that. It includes uh, Blade, which we know is coming. Um, they've recast Blade with Marshall Ali. Uh, they finally find a way to make Ghost Rider and like just, you know, uh, wiping away the versions of Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage, as well as the one from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a new character. Uh, they have Moon Knight and they have uh, Werewolf by Night. And then they somehow, uh, the Hulu uh, series Hellstrom is a failure. They like wipe it off. They bring in a new Hellstrom as the son of Satan. And this is his like, almost like his kind of like suicide squad to go do like, um, you know, uh, like the missions that the Avengers can't do. They start off by having their own series on uh, Disney plus and they eventually come together as a movie uh, and they do it right. Unlike what uh, the Netflix Marvel shows did with Defenders, which was a fucking abortion. (laughs) Uh, Right. Speaking about abortions, no. Um, um, okay, so my idea is, uh, so in a couple phases later down the line, we're going to get to a point where we have way too many MCU characters. And the only way to deal with that is motherfucking murder them. So my idea <laughs> is to have them have a slasher type of movie where, okay, the first scene is Ronin going into Hawkeye's home and murdering him, not his family, because he's not a 
crazy person. But like, um, but so he murders him and you don't know who the villain is, but it's a slasher movie. So this Roman quote, air quotes, goes through the rest of the Marvel universe. So he kills War Machine. He kills Rocket Raccoon. He kills all the people that are no longer in the movies because we kind of unfortunately do need this at some point because Mm -hmm. there's way too many people. So I would love to see this, all this maybe like B-level, C-level characters just get fucking slashed all the way down. And then it's revealed that it's like, I don't know, I don't know, Maria Hill or someone. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That that's that's for the writers. That's not you'll do it in po- you'll do it in post. They'll do it in post. You know what I mean? The, the 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 mask is off. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's fine. Brett, so I'm glad I'm glad, Ryan, that you because I have the same impetus for my uh, uh proposal. But okay. It, okay, so like ten years from now like Chris Pratt is going to do something. Any of the white men are going to do something problematic. Yes, murder them. Disney's like, we got to get them out of here. So I think like the Guardians of the Galaxy discover some parasite on another planet that basically like zombifies people. And they are the ones who like want to stop it. But in the process, they actually transport it to other planets to try and rally like a team of superheroes to defeat it. And it's probably like, you know, it's, it's going to be one of the, you know, Avengers type huge crossovers where, you know, like in an Infinity War, it ends on a cliffhanger. But this one would have like permadeath and yeah. lots more violence, blood everywhere. Blood. I love that. I love that. And for, for the, as long as they make it clear that it's just like dead, 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 they've never been less living, dead, dead. Like, see, I want to them dead, to. Yeah. I want them to be like, oh my gosh, there's possibly a cure for this. And then there definitely is not. Like someone <laughs> accidentally breaks the vial that has the antidote. I want them to say, even through time travel, they would still be dead. Yeah, like I want them to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, you got something? Uh, I just like, you know, worked up a little something. So okay. Alejandra Jones is a Nicaraguan woman who stumbles upon ritual performed by a man named Adam trying to summon Mephisto. Leave Zoom. Leave Zoom. Johnny Blaze, the ghostwriter of her universe, arrives and is unceremoniously killed when Adam accidentally summons Blackheart instead. As Adam flees and Blackheart plots, Alejandra (laughs) gains the power of ghostwriter. Feeling great sorrow, Alejandra travels to the U.S. where she meets Danny Ketch and gives him the news of his long-lost brother. While grieving, (laughs) a portal rips open, revealing ghostwriter is actually still alive to Danny and Alejandra's surprise. However, this isn't their universe's Johnny Blaze. It's Johnny Blaze of the original Toology and is played by none other than Nicolas Cage. Sensing his new arrival in the world, Blackheart arrives and murders Danny, leaving Alejandra and Nicolas Blaze fighting Black Rose and Blackout, who have about three speaking lines. All of this looks dire until a muscle car rams both of them over to death. Out steps Robbie Reyes, who was sent from his world to stop this time and space anomaly. Q credit card, Ghostwriter, into the writer verse. No. Okay, so on next week on the days of our lives. Uh... <laughs> Here's the thing. That's not even the worst Ghostwriter comic I've read. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, it is I the had... worst Nicolas Cage film, though. Yeah, I did have a it lot more. It is the worst you've said. 
I didn't have a lot more, but I figured I'd leave it on the cutting room floor because it's all terrible. And I was mainly just, I literally went to Wikipedia, copy and pasted the plot of Into the Spider-Verse and attempted to rewrite the plot using Ghost Rider characters. <laughs> so Cosmic Ghost Rider, you didn't even, I didn't even get to the part where the aliens show up and Cosmic Ghost Rider also arrives. Um, it's good that your creative style is called plagiarism. <laughs> uh, Clark, do you have a pitch? I, I can minorly go off of Adams in that I can use one of the characters. Anyways, I want um, the <laughs> Marvel Universe to start like sneaking in certain characters. Like I want them to bring in, um, for example, Dark Star and the Soviet super soldiers and stuff like that. I want them to bring in the Serpent Squad, all this kind of random stuff. And I want it to slowly start creeping in that all these, there are so many characters in the Marvel Universe that are Dark Force characters that get their energy from the Dark Force universe. And I want to tie that in with, they're already sometimes tied in with the Brimstone universe Nightcrawler is involved in. And then tie it all in with, um, oh God, I just lost it in my head. Um, Umar and Dormammu and all that kind of stuff. Just tie all these universes together and have Dormammu kind of start controlling all the Dark Force characters in a way and make like this entire army of Dark Force characters that go against the X the other X-Men like Nightcrawler would, would be turned and that kind of stuff and just go against everybody and so since we already have him as kind of one of the big bads just like make him super important and make him deal with his fucked up sister who's also a piece of shit and just yeah slowly just start grabbing characters that have been snuck into different um, uh, movies throughout the next five ten years I love that yeah and um, as the reason I said Adam is because Blackheart is one of the ones who can use the Dark Force. It does use the Dark Force. Universe. So is Adam's like a prequel for yours, or uh, it's yeah. it's one that we they just mention but ignore the rest of it. Yeah, uh, so it's a, it's a classic Sony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and maybe this could be called just the not that good universe or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's part of the universe. real universe, but we're just really no. upset by the fact we had to deal with that piece of shit. It's the cancer verse in the sense that you want to get cancer <laughs> rather than watch it. The better ver yeah, it's the better option. Uh oh, uh oh, something's flash. coming across my uh, news table. It's a news flash, flash. Uh, so HBO Max has revealed that uh, revealed some of the characters in their upcoming Green Lantern series, including the first Earther Green Lantern, Alan Scott, who is gay. Uh, it will also feature Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz. Uh, Simon Baz, Sinestro, and Kilowog. It's supposed to be written by Seth Graham Smith, who wrote the Lego Batman movie, and Mark Guggenheim, who has written for Arrow and also the 2011 Green Lantern movie, which, you know, he said <laughs> he lost creative control over. And it will have Jeff Johns um, as executive producer. Jeff Johns kind of helped reinvent the Lantern Corps for DC. Um, so do we think HBO will feature Alan Scott prominently or... Will he be relegated to a series of flashbacks? Will we get that coveted full penetration so lacking from regular television programming? <laughs> Caitlin? Um, so I am ex kind of excited for, for there to be a Green Lantern core series uh, because that's the concept of Green Lanterns I really like rather than just focusing on one character. I'm also very happy about Alan Scott uh, being gay in this. Uh, they made Alan Scott gay in a alternate title called Earth 2, which is like another version of Alan Scott that was set during modern times. And so I'm wondering if, like, to your point, Brent, if it's going to be like flashback 
or he is the Green Lantern from like the 1940s and just hasn't been aged. Um, I am now skeptical though, uh, because Mark Guggenheim is a co-writer, which means that this is probably going to be a slightly better looking CW show. Uh, so I feel uh, cautiously optimistic, yet a little uh, nervous about where this could go. So, Brian? Googies aside, Googles aside, um, I'm very excited about this series. I do want it to feel like every person in the cast is of equal Green Lantern status. Like I want it to feel like a multi-person cast. I don't want it just to focus on one person. I, I, I think that's where this could really launch off. I'm very excited about this. I think HBO could do Green Lantern in such a good way. It being a series makes so much sense and I'm really excited about it. I'm just worried that they get into the weird sort of realm of like, these sort of soap opery like CW type of shows because I've seen Guggenheim stuff before and it goes flat very fast. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously very optimistic. Brett, what do you think? I mean, it, the thing that kind of worries me is, you know, you look at something like Watchmen, which we were kind of skeptical of initially, but Lindelof is, is a very talented producer and in their hands, it, it was a very beautiful show that was also visually good to look at. And I think that yeah. HBO can make things look very polished and nice. And maybe this is a better way of, you know, showing the story of Green Lantern rather than in the live action movie. Um, but I do, I do wonder, like, with those two writers at the helm, the Lego Batman movie wasn't, it was okay but it ultimately also suffered from the same problem of kind of falling apart toward the end. Uh, Clark? I was con not confused, but I'm just like, so this is a group that's like Kilowog and then 3,000 characters from Earth. <laughs> like, give me a list of anybody. <laughs> We've got, what, five different ones that are Green Lanterns from Earth, and they're not yeah. even the main three. They did I'm, say that we're going to introduce new uh, uh, lanterns as well. So. I also kind of don't want Alan Scott because I want his kids. I want Obsidian and whatever the fuck what? the girl's name is. Jade. 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 Yeah, I want yeah. Them. Jade I, I, is great. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you're going to kidnap them. You're like, I, I, don't I want them. them. I want, I want them. the kids. Bring them to me. I think it's because the only um, Marvel, I mean, DC comic series I read was Manhunter and Obsidian had a good role in that. Uh, and he's gay. Yeah, that's gay. what I'm saying. Yeah. Why do Why yeah. do I need Why do I need one when I can have both of them? That's what happens. Gays produce gays. Uh, Adam. Yeah, um, I think huge plus is that Hal and John are not in it. I think like I really 100% agree with you, Kalen, that having a actual team of lanterns is going to be so much more interesting. We don't have to tell the same kind of stories we've seen over and over again, and we can really get people to see this. I, my, on my negative side, I agree with all of you that I'm a little bit worried about what they can do with it, but I do, there are like nuggets of great stuff it, during the course of the overall Arrowverse. So I'm hoping by not being required to produce 20 plus episodes and have to have yes. 17,000 seasons, we could probably get some good, good, uh, good stuff out of Googs. Um, so I, I'm definitely cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, if it's at least a level tier of Titans, which I know you all hate, but I enjoy, I'm going to enjoy watching Green Lantern Corps. 
Clark. Clark. There, there's definitely no way we won't get Larflees in the second season, right? Since yeah, this is for gonna, sure. Yeah. A, th- a thousand percent, yeah. And They're I want, definitely, yeah. I want Daxstar w- immediately, just like <laughs> first episode, cat vomiting up blood, every issue, every episode. Yeah. Kaylin. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are going to uh, bring in like Larflees and Dexstar. They'll do the Red Lanterns. I mean, Sinister already will have the Sinister yeah. Four. It's going to lead up to like uh, Black Knight. Black Knight. Knight. Yeah, totally. Which is, Good. Which is, do like, it. Yeah, which is a very enjoyable, you know, uh, storyline uh, in the Green Lanterns. Like, you know, the Sinister Core War, then like the, like the, all the various other core coming in and then eventually leading to Black Knight and maybe even Brightest Day. Kaylin, what was, is that? What was the one, is it Blackest Night where one of them goes and like has, they, they have the power of the white ring and they're kind of on the run as a outlaw? That's later. That's yeah. Kyle. That's, that's bright. That's brightest day. That's the Okay, great. Because I love, I like that is like, oh, when I, when you told me to read that, I was like, that's the thing that's got to be. I never told you to read that. Oh, well, then in, I read the, it on my own. <laughs> in between those two, that's Twilight, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. they released the second movie before the first and the third one. Right. Yeah. Team Edward. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, so, another superhero TV news: Regina King will be producing a superhero TV show for the CW called Slay, and it will focus on Carson Jones, a teenager whose mom is the continuation of an ancient African bloodline, granting her powers to fight the forces of darkness. Um, what do you guys think about this news? Seems kind of exciting. It's a little worrisome, again, that it's on the CW, given our low approval of it, but what can we, what can we expect? Well, I mean, the pre- predecessor to the CW, WB, and even UPN had Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, which was very enjoyable. And this feels very Buffy-esque, but from, you know, the African-American perspective, which I think is great. Um, I absolutely adore Regina King. I think she is one of the best actresses that we currently have. I'm so happy she won an Emmy for Watchmen. Most recently, uh, if you haven't seen uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, you should actually watch that movie because she fucking kills it and won an Oscar for that. And so having, bringing her like gravitas and star power to do a show that is ostensibly for tweens, teens, and even us um, on a network that, you know, may seem much more like, you know, kind of, popcorn type fun i'm excited for it i would definitely watch the shit out of it i'll i'll definitely watch it but i'm i just want it to be good i just want it to be good so bad also cw is ready for one show that's like you'll never guess cw was nominated for six emmys or whatever like (laughs) they aren't aren't they ready to have like some sort of nomination like they they should they should get it at some point. Dude, crazy they've ex-girlfriend. Had crazy and Jane the Virgin, I think, yeah, were like, were like but breakout those shows. St- those, those are still good, but not like... You want you want an AMC Breaking Bad type. This, yeah, this, I, this channel can't make anything like that. It's like, I was like, the, the seven-year-olds that watch what, it don't well, want maybe, that. Well, maybe go into the casting a little bit more hardcore than like two weeks and just being like, you're attractive enough. You're on the show. Like I, maybe, maybe get that right a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sure like maybe Regina will like bring something more, but like get into the casting. Don't just fucking hire Tom Holland. Oh, no, I love him. Never mind. Uh, don't, don't just hire. <laughs> don't just hire just like the cutest person. Tom Welling. 
Tom Welling. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. No, no it's I, all I, based I, on abs. It doesn't matter how cute they are. They have to have the biggest abs ever created. Yeah, that's true. Why, why, why are you saying like that's a bad thing? Yeah. I, look, I, I mean, br break, bringing like the Buffy example back. Remember like when the WB started in the nineties, I mean, you had like seventh heaven and Dawson's Creek and shows that were like, you know, they, they definitely had their fans, but like Buffy, while it sort of filled that mold, it broke that mold too. So I think Slay totally. could fill in that, that like that role really well. I'm, I am very optimistic for this. That's a really good call, Kaylin, because I, I, that's a, I like that idea that this could be their breakout show, at least in the current decade. Because I did reading, like I kind of read the plot synopsis a couple of times, and obviously the character sounds really different. So I'm excited to see what they do when the character is not this sort of hero. But I did get a lot of like Vixen vibes, who's already been in the Arrowverse um, mm -hmm. and Legends of Tomorrow and all this sort of jazz. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I trust that they'll be able to do a lot of interesting things. Um, but I did from a power set perspective, I guess it's more like a, if they make it a more horror slanted Vixen, I'd probably really enjoy it anyway, because I enjoyed Vixen being introduced to the Arrowverse. And, and She's I, a great character. Yeah. Um, there are rumors spiraling on the dark web right now that uh, the Vixen is going to get some sort of series at some point. Interesting. Is it, so, is, is it, is this prequel is just the, it slays the prequel to the Vixen, the actual Vixen TV show? Pre Vixen, uh, yeah. But so, she, well, she already had a couple of, she had, she had like web series cartoon shows, which have actually all been pretty well read. Yeah, they suck. They suck. Did they? Oh, I thought uh, they were, they were supposed to be pretty good. I just read synopses. So yep. speaking of Regina King, <clears throat> according to the first issue of the new comic Rorschach, the Watchmen show where King played Sister Knight is canonical, at least with respect to the Rorschach comic, which is separate from um, all of the uh, DC stuff happening with Watchmen intersecting, you know, the universe. Do you guys think the show will or should get the kind of respected canonical status within the other universe? Uh, or do you think it should kind of just remain on its own as its independent thing? Caitlin? I think it should remain as its own, but I am glad it's t getting tied into this comic. Uh, this comic also, it's written by Tom King, another King here, who uh, wrote uh, Vision, uh, Omega Men, um, and Mr. Miracle. He's a phenomenal writer. Um, and uh, I, I love that he is, um, you know, bringing, he's saying like the, what happened in the show is not gonna be contradicted in the comic. Um, and the comic itself is part of DC's Black Label series which is like, it's its own thing. It isn't crossing over with the regular DC universe as we've discussed many times before and will again on this podcast. It's a fucking mess. Leave it separate, completely leave it separate. I do love, um, I don't know, I haven't read the first issue yet, but uh, when it's all done, I, I would like to read it and maybe even review it on, on podcast. But this Rorschach is supposed to be coming uh, at uh, an angle uh, that's uh, oppositional to the original Rorschach which Ayn Rand was like the sort of the sort of the um, main focus of, of the character, mostly because he was based on a Steve Disco, Steve Ditko, excuse me, not Disco, Ditko character, uh, the question. And so instead of Ayn Rand, um, uh, the, the inspiration is Hannah Arendt, who was a- Hannah Arendt. Uh, Hannah Arendt, thank you, who was a German philosopher, um, but coming more from the left than from the right. So I'm very interested how Tom King is going to thread the needle of having a character whose original basis was on the right. And also in the show that the, uh, the Seventh Cavalry 
they were white supremacists that used Rorschach as their inspiration, how he's going to be able to square that circle, right? I love the idea of using Hannah Arendt as a basis for a superhero character. Um, but as far as like canon goes, you know, before Watchmen is canonical in the kind of larger universe, and I don't see how the stuff from the TV show uh, could harm anything in any way, given the nature of the like DC multiverse. They could just say, yeah, that definitely did happen, but not in this one. Uh, but it could still sure. be part of it. I, I'll just say before Watchmen is non-canonical. I refuse to let it be canonical. Terrible. I, re I refuse to let it be. Because it's garbage, Kaylin. It's garbage. It's in trash. the same way Godfather 3 isn't canonical. Correct. <laughs> because, because if you remember, um, or I don't know if you read before Watchmen or not, but in Watchmen the show, we find that Hooded Justice uh, was, was black. And in the comic, they actually, they made the subtext from uh, Alan Moore's book into text of this German wrestler type guy who was found killed by the comedian. I'm like, okay, kind of boring. Like they just went in, they leaned in with whatever um, Hollis Mason said in Under the Hood. Uh, so it is absolutely not, the before Watchmen is absolutely non-canonical to me. Ryan? Or the TV show. Yeah. Uh, may I pose a question, you guys? So the TV show was phenomenal. I don't think- No, I'm the one who asked the questions. <laughs> well, here I'm we go. I'm the one who knocks. Okay, uh, Brett left the Zoom. Um, okay, so uh, if we could do a comic series following the events of the TV series, which is very common now, like when things uh, like come to an end too short, like this is a very common thing, would you want to read a series afterwards? No. Okay. Who's gonna and write it? <laughs> it's the exact same writers of the TV series. No, I still don't want yeah. to. It doesn't really ever work I, out I, for me. I, I understand what you're saying, but like this is something in the nerd culture that's always like, well, maybe it could be a, like a comic series. It happens with Avatar. It happens with like a bunch of shit over the years. Yeah. Brent, what I'd, do you think? I'd be fine with it. Uh, I'd be interested if it was basically guaranteed that you wouldn't feature any of the characters from the Watchmen story. That it's like there are other supers who are acting elsewhere in the world yeah you still have so to So in the world without them directly relating it to the events in yeah. that tv series yeah i get on board with that sure well, i could see that i i could see like maybe like night owl was referenced in the tv show yeah but if a comic did something about him like what led up led him to being in prison or like him leaving prison that could be an interesting side story if they got the right writers i still want to favorite sad sack character well and i want to know what happened to panda more <laughs> to the slippery guy lube man lube i want to see man. lube man all the time oh we Petey. know what happened Petey. to him we know who yeah. Petey is there yeah. you go. um okay so it looks like amazon is getting into the animated superhero show game with the show invincible it's based on the image comics character mark grayson his dad is from an alien planet. He wants to protect the Earth. They play baseball. What do you think guys think of the trailer? Is it just uh, Superman with gore? Can we expect anything more from this as our resident image expert, Kalen? Uh, I actually, the trailer looked kind of good because it looks very much like the art style in the comic. 
-hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to be an Amazon prime, which is quickly becoming um, the place for uh, sort of superhero satire. Um, Like, because you have the boys already, you know, they just finished their second season, which we just did a podcast on. Um, Invincible is less of a piss take on superheroes rather than uh, its own universe creating like kind of like a Superboy slash Spider-Man type character. And then, then like just having a beginning, middle and end. Uh, I'm kind of, I, I think it could be good. It could also be bad, but I'm a little excited for it. Ryan? Caitlin, I never wanted to say this, but I completely agree with everything you fucking said. Everything was right. Like, it's it, Invincible as a comic, when it came out years and years ago, was so fucking good. It was an interpretation of Superman that was like, we didn't see ever. That was like, it, it felt more human than the interpretations of Superman sometimes. And it it was it was funny. The dialogue was great. Like you said, the art was great. Everything was spot on. And I just fell in absolute love with this series. Uh, I'm really excited to see it translated into actual like animation because it, it makes sense for it. And for it to be that closely related to the comic, I'm super excited. We've seen like a boom of like, HBO Max uh, stuff of like Harley Quinn. That series on HBO Max is phenomenal. Uh, Justice League Outsiders, it, or is it Outsiders? Young, yeah. young, young, young Justice. Sorry, yeah. my, my apologies. Yes. Young Justice Outsiders is fucking phenomenal. We've seen so many good animation things going through that. I'm really excited for this. I really want it to go in that same path. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement. Adam, while you're yawning, what do you think? I'm totally in agreement with you. <laughs> I agree. That's a really good point. I, I think there needs to be, I because I, I what you, you can do so much with animation, and I think people are starting to forget a little bit about that, especially when it comes to superheroes, because I think there's still like this divide of real or live action uh, presents, a, presents itself to be taken more seriously, whereas I think like a lot of the topics you mentioned, like, really great shows, lots of great characters, lots of good plots and narratives and jokes. And I think there's, and it also, I mean, I can't, I, I don't know the full details of the budget, but I, I can't imagine that like, you can really get away with a lot of stuff in animation that you couldn't in terms of scale, in terms of action, that you don't always get to see because you have to figure out how does it work in, in real time. And like something like The Boys works because it's a lot more about the, the conversations. Whereas like, there are some sort of, bigger fights I imagine that Invincible probably covers if this is covering a Superman type. Um, and I just, I'm really glad that we're, we're balancing act of like, not everything has to be live action or have to mimic something else. And I think this could be a really big stepping out for Amazon if it's successful to say, oh shit, we could be doing a lot more um, to bring other properties, but in an anime lens. I mean, we like, look at Castlevania, right? Like you could never do a live action Castlevania. It's, it's just such a credible experience incredible experience uh, animation wise. Brett? As much as it pains me to say it, I agree with you a thousand percent. Are you talking to me? You didn't say No, me. I was talking to Adam. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. Um, right. Anything else on this? No. I'm just, a gla- I'm just glad that it's 2D animation. Oh yeah, because 3D is, that's actually the bigger problem. Right point, 3D yeah. is expensive or 3D is this cheap. Was- this was the trailer where I was upset for the first like two seconds because it the animation looked horrible when they were showing vehicles in front of the school. Oh yeah. 
it looked so bad and that's because with vehicles and a lot of animated stuff today they do this strange 3d-ish effect yeah. i remember the scooby-doo series from like 2015 at the anime i love the animation and then suddenly it has some evil vehicle and it would just look like some squashed ass 3d garbage and at that second i was like oh fuck this is gonna be terrible and then the rest of the animation was awesome it looked exactly like the, TV, uh, the comic book and i was like what why do we gotta see this shit why can't you just have a normal fucking bus drive through because they don't have enough money to pay the animators to animate the bus <laughs> It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, those buses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. The wheels. So, the wheels, Clark. Starting in 2021, DC Comics will feature a new storyline set in the nearish future titled Future State, which uh, seeks to highlight more diverse authors and uh, tell unique stories about what Gotham City could become. So far, we know there will be solicitations for Batman, Superman, the Justice League, and Wonder Woman, among others. Uh, is the future looking bright? What do you guys hope for this? Kaylin? Um, Adam was up first. I want to hear oh, sorry. his take. I was just going to make a really terrible joke, and I was going to say they should have called it Future Great, because I'm excited, Brent. That's all I have. Kaylin? I, I want you to apologize to us right now. Jesus. Well, you Actually, supposed, we... Brent, you were supposed to call on me first so I could act like an asshole and then be quiet, because Kaylin has all the actual information. No, I would make you apologize either way. <laughs> well, well, can we just I, like get rid of this part of the podcast when yeah. we are No, we're starting over. All right. I'm sorry you're a bad host, Brent. <laughs> Kaylin. could add crickets into that. Yeah, Kaylin, tell us about the universe. So I am, I am both skeptical and slightly optimistic about it. Uh, I'm going to split the baby here. Because um, we've seen this before. Because I think what's going to happen is in early 2021, once Death Metal finishes up, they're going to do this future state thing where like it's the world of like you know the near future you've got jonathan kent being superman while cal l superman is off on war world we don't really know where bruce wayne is and we have this new batman which i'm pretty sure is going to be luke fox lucius fox's son who's batwing at one point uh as an african-american batman uh we have a new brazilian wonder woman which i don't believe we've seen before um and uh, and then it's going to go back to the regular issues in March. And then it's going to be like, here's how we get from point A to point B, basically. Um, years ago, DC did that with uh, after they finished the Infinite Crisis crossover. And then they had one year later, which is where every DC book had a new status quo. And then they published a weekly series called uh, 52, which got, which got us from point A to point B. So I feel like this is going to happen again. What I do appreciate, though, is the diverse voices and the diverse characters. But it's clear to me that DC feels like they can only really profit from Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the Justice League. Um, and it's like, I, the reason I love the DC universe, and I know I'm like kind of alone in this, although Adam is a little bit there with me, is the weirdness of the universe of like, there's all these wacky ass characters that sort of come in left and right uh, by just focusing on the big three and the Justice League, um, and even Nightwing, who I is my favorite character. I mean, his ass is the best in all of comics. Um, uh, it just feels very limiting from a character standpoint. Um, I just think they're trying to, you know, have their cake and eat it too by adding in diverse voices and diverse characters by existing characters that are already there. Brian? Um, totally agree. Every time DC Universe reboots, I'm like, uh-oh, this is the time that I'm going to get into it. I read a few titles and I'm like, <laughs> I hate it. Like, so, like, I, I really do want to like it. 
Um, I, I do want to pose a question though. Like what you said is completely correct. They're, they're only focused on the big three at all times. And so like, even with this, like in recent news, uh, a Brazilian Wonder Woman is going to be coming to the comics, which sounds super fun, but why do they do that? Why do they do the big three and just do different versions of those three people instead of creating a new unique character, which I, I, I hate to compare the two industries, but like Marvel will create a new character and then it becomes successful or it doesn't. They won't like try to shoehorn it into something. Uh, no, they did I for a while. I, I, do I know, I know. We've seen it. Like the mantle has been. Taken I know, I know. Over. I'm wrong. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> no, no, no. Adam, shut up. But, uh, but like, it is like, why do they constantly just have to make it these big three? What is? I that? worry that um, that this kind of diversity is, it's it's very craven because you know that the Brazilian Wonder Woman isn't going to be the Wonder Woman as a status quo from now on. Right. Right. Back to Wonder Woman as being a white Greek woman. Um, it's, it's very <laughs> frustrating to see that, like, this is a temporary thing to maybe get a slight, I, I think it's a temporary thing to get a slight boost in readership. But it's Agreed. creating new characters that people can fall in love with who are, you know, different diversities, different uh, queer identities. Um, Kalen? Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And Ryan, to answer your question, why do they focus on the big three? It's because that's the only time they make real money. Right. Uh, like, th like, they have tried other characters. Obviously, you know, they published the Green Lantern, Flash, all that, all that Aquaman. Aquaman's gonna be part of this too. Um, but like, whenever they try to do stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path, um, it just never picks up, even when they get like very talented creators on it. Um, and so to, you know, to kind of answer your question and to Brent's point is like, they really are trying to figure out how to make these characters relevant to a growing uh, uh, and a growing diverse readership, but also, you know, being conservative with a small C of like, just focusing on the most profitable char uh, characters. They need more Swamp Thing. That's right. I agree. <laughs> well, Swamp Thing will be part of it, though, Adam. Yeah. I mean, Brent. Uh, He's going to have, like, cool sunglasses. Clark, you Swamp go Thang. first. Oh, no, I was just going into um, what Ryan was talking about a little bit. I mean, Marvel had a lot of issues with them just trying to switch somebody in for the white character that was originally there. Um, in the last five years, they've done a lot better just in terms of the fact that they just hold on to the characters. And the question is, will DC hold on to these characters and just force the situation until they become beloved? Well, and so at least I think the reason why it kind of, because I'm thinking of like, how do you fix it? How do you make it better? I do think it does make sense to introduce a lot of these people to hopefully kind of spin off and help pick up some of their own new mantle. Like I think they're using this to kind of get the character in and then obviously when things probably return to their uh, unfortunate status quo of just what makes money, they can at least see which characters really stuck and can you keep growing them? Because, um, uh, you know, you mentioned like, does DC really introduce new characters? I don't remember when we read the original Metal Run in the back of the book, there were like all these fucking weirdos that were supposed to come out of metal. And I was like, I don't want to read a single one of these. So I think I could understand their desire to be like, how do we 
launch new diverse heroes, but using an existing vehicle. That's me being optimistic. I think you're probably all right more in like how it's really going to work, which is unfortunate, but I, I can see the sort of at least attempt at a win-win, which is like, can we get these characters more established by putting them in more larger titles or larger iconic seats and then giving them their own story, barring they, they kind of succeed under that like understudy role for a while, Kalen? Thanks for reminding uh, us about like all the spin-off books from the first metal, like uh, Challengers and the Immortal Men and all that kind of stuff. No, I, none of them look, and I say this as a DC fan, none of them look all that appealing to me, even though a lot of the creators were like really cool. But this is what DC does. You know, after every crossover, it's like, it's a whole new unleash, a no, whole new like wave of books. Uh, they even did that in the early 90s with a, a not a great crossover called Bloodlines, where the entire purpose was these aliens come in and they like fuck with humans. Most of them die, but a handful of them become metahumans and they created like a whole new swath of characters. Most of them were terrible. There was a couple that kind of stuck, like Anima was not bad. And Hitman, which was created by Garth Ennis and John McCrea, was actually a lot of fun. Because um, he was like very much set in like Gotham City, but it was an amoral um, uh, Hitman. You know, it was an assassin for hire. And he was the only one that really stuck. And so when DC tries this stuff, it's like, let's throw something against the wall to see if it sticks. Doesn't quite work. And now they're trying to, again, show diversity, but within this very conservative construct that already exists in the, in, in the company. So, um, moving on, in combination with the upcoming King in Black uh, storyline, wherein Null, the glam queen of symbiotes, comes to Earth, Marvel has announced a three-issue miniseries revival of Thunderbolts. The team will be put together by Mayor Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin, and will consist of villains and anti-heroes, including Rhino, Taskmaster, Mr. Fear, Star, Batroc the Leper, and many more who must protect... The Leper? <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah. Batroc the Leper. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a while. The Leper. Yeah, he's that's, got that's rock is amazing. I'm very excited just I, for him. Uh, why do I feel like I've never seen that word before? All right. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys think this is a good sign for the quality of the crossover? Yes, bitch. Thunderbolts are great. Yeah, I'm um, excited for that. I'm excited for um, for Black Knight. Black There's Knight, quite a few Knight, things yeah. I'm into. I'm excited for the Black Cat series to start back up again. There's a ton of stuff. Taylor? Yeah, I um, our Slack channel, but it definitely means that the trademark is about to expire and they have to republish something. A thousand percent. And also, they only are doing it for a limited amount of time, meaning like we're just going to do it and then be done with it, just so we can... Which is, yeah. which is what, what Thunderbolt... Thunder, Thunderbolt is uh, one of those things that gets recycled every few years, you know? Bit, which is bit, fine. It, it's fine. Yeah, it is totally fine. It's eventually going to get a movie, and then it'll be a big blockbuster-like fucking hit. But like, until then, you got to keep doing it, you know? There you yeah. go. Um, Matthew Rosenberg has become the king of the three-issue miniseries uh, in Marvel because he did like the Force Works miniseries during Iron Man 2020. He did a Hawkeye miniseries quite recently. You know, I mean, before he did his stint on Uncanny X-Men, I actually very much liked him as a writer. Mm -hmm. And then he just, that run was so fucking shitty. And then like uh, the anti-trans stuff in it, like just like really kind of put me off, uh, which makes me sort of skeptical. But I like that Kingpin is bringing together a group of villains. I like that Batroc the Leper <laughs> is in it, uh, to use Brent's term. Um, He's just but, uh, rotting away. 
It, it just flesh just like falls off. It, and he throws it, it at is people. It That's his new superpower. Is it Lapore? What is it? Is it Lapore? It's Lapew. He's French. Um, <laughs> but like the rhino is going to be in it, and then is um, I need to look at the the image again. But is Moonstone in it too? No, that's no, Star. No, no, that's Star. So she's literally uh, inhabiting what? What? Uh, what fucking stone which, is it, Clark? Jim, is it? I don't know. An orange one. I don't remember which stone. Yeah, the orangiest one is what she's inhabiting. But she's Soul a stone. literal. I don't remember. I don't know. They changed it for the like comics to the movies. But anyway, she's a literal interpretation of like one of the actual Infinity Stones coming to life. So it's outrageous. Oh, good for her. But yeah, I love that <laughs> for her. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to what is becoming one of my favorite recurring uh, <laughs> Homo Superior segments. Clark's got some, so watch out. So I was told we needed to find something um, horror-y since it's um, spooky September, October, whichever <laughs> month it is now. I don't know what it is. So instead, I didn't do that. Um, right. <laughs> so you know how um, the sex act, the white queen, is when you get a fistful of mayonnaise and then you blow a guy until he comes in your mouth? Yeah. Nope. Never heard I, that I've read it on the dictionary. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that... Gratify. That is a white queen, just so you know. And wait, so what, next but, time you do it, you can be um, ready. But, wait, wait, so it's, the mayo it's, sits in your hand? No, no, no. You put a fistful of mayonnaise in your mouth, and then use that as, as like a lubricant. Oh! Do you use queen. Miracle Whip, or does it have to be mayonnaise? It, it can be whatever you, whichever one you want. Okay. Oh, God. But, but <laughs> anyway. what Hellman's, Hellman's logo just finished inside me? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you, you better swallow. That's the slogan. Yeah. So I, I think we've thought of this before. But um, This game that I'm doing is there are 10 characters from X-Men, and we have to decide their na- what their name means and what sex act would, that would be. Okay. okay, I'm ready for this. So the White Queen, for, for example, was that. So we're going to start off with Brent's favorite character. What? does a glob herman mean what is a glob herman a glob herman is when so you know that like tube game that you can play where you like you squish the tube and it's like full of a jelly and it kind of a water snake yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you shove that up your asshole and then explode it (laughs) 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 Uh, i I think that's the right answer honestly i think it it's you take a jelly donut, you smash it on the guy's chest, and then you lick it off. That's the okay. glob Herman. Oh, I know what it is. It's when you have it's it's just another way of describing sex in public because you've got a bone inside you and everyone can see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, that's good to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Since since Dylan will get mad at me, get mad at me for saying this. What is a sugar man? Ooh. Sugar man. Um... Okay. So it's when you have a series of watermelons. Okay. Just like five watermelons. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. Five watermelons in a row. And but there's there's just little holes like like just drilled into them all. And then you fuck all of them, obviously. And then you say, which one was the sugariest? That's the sugar man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, Brent, you got, yeah. 
Okay. Wait, I how, does your penis, how does your penis tell which one the sugar is? Well, the, 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 <laughs> pe the penis is the only judge that counts, and I won't take any more questions after this. Yes. All right. I think, I think a sugar man is uh, when you start giving a guy a blowjob, and then you finish, you give, you give him a hand job afterward, but your hand is full of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds painful. Kind of like, like no, 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 no. Uh, I only like that at a spa, Brent. I don't want that sexually. Come I, on. I'm only spinning on Ryan's idea to actually make it make sense. What you do is you invite six, you invite six people over or four people because he had four hands, right? You invite four people over. <laughs> what? They, they all have you have you blow. <laughs> okay, they have four hands. You blow all of them, and only one of them ate pineapple during the day. So that's at the end. You decide who's the sweetest. You're the sugar man. Yeah, <laughs> and you say it, and you say it in that voice. Yeah. No. I okay. Well, I'm on. Does it get a that. prize afterwards? Yeah. Right. Y'all are y'all are overcomplicating it because you, you run out of lube, but you have simple syrup left in the uh, house. Oh, bitch! Yes. Now you're if the I'm sugar man. I'm gonna blow with something. Yeah. That's good. Okay, Clark, next. <laughs> What's an orphan maker? No, no. I... <laughs> Bitch, when no. I beat on those balls so hard, <laughs> you're definitely not going to make no, a baby. No. That's an orphan maker right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Chase. Chris. I think it's when you're hooking up with an, a MILF and she starts singing you an, a lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the nanny. That's what that's, that's exactly. That's the nanny. Yeah, that's the next part. <laughs> uh, uh, Did you have to? You have to oh, in order. Like yeah, a... I was gonna say in order to get off, you have to don an entire suit of armor and then. Uh, I have nothing. And then fall yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Whatever your fetish is, it's fine, Adam, and we don't have to talk but about it. You're, but if you're doing the nanny, you have to do your voice as Fran Drescher. Oh, I'm coming. <laughs> nice. What is what is a doctor nemesis? I don't know. So I subscribe to my channel and find out. Honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah, is it, isn't it those porn videos where like the the doctor is really not qualified, but he gives yeah. you a job anyway? It's uh, it's where you get a, you do a doctor role play. And you're dressed as Jill Valentine, and then your lover is dressed as the nemesis from Resident Evil 3. I have so much time for this. Yes. Yeah. Seems complicated, but I'm in. All right, I'm skipping some. Um, what is a master? Wait, why are you why are you skipping any? Should I skip? <laughs> yeah. All right. I can no, do these all night. Yeah. All right, yeah. fine. This should be a whole a podcast. Right. That's the master mold. You could do it all night. Yeah, well, what's a master mold? Producing. What's a master mold? You keep uh, it's when you cut, you like, someone's penis is so big, they come inside you and then it stays in you the entire night, but in a mostly girthy state. The penis does? Yeah. <laughs> well, just, they, don't, they don't go inside. You just walk off with it? Yeah, it's that right, it detaches and you yeah, create yeah. the master mold. All right, I, I think a master mold is, you know how you can like buy those uh, mold kits for your penis to make like a dildo out of your own cock? All right, so a master mold is... <laughs> with that and then someone puts their dick inside you and then you get a mold of both your asshole and their dick i love that there's like <laughs> yeah but it's definitely there's some like alpha stuff happening because you have to call him master yeah well master, okay master is the name brand so uh an asshole yeah but it's snme 
Yeah. And actual master mold is like someone who is an aggressive, very crazy top. And every time you like try to suck his dick, you smell it and you're like, is that master mold? <laughs> what is that smell? What is it? I don't, it doesn't Magma. Yeah. Master mold. Magma. Uh, would the mother mold then be like a gentle top? But oh, you still yeah. get that same smell. Yeah. Oh, totally. yeah, mother, so mother, yeah. Mother mold oh, is just a yeast infection that you're having sex with. Yeah. Oh, God. Which we're not shaming right here or now. Next just... one. Next one. All right. <laughs> what is a night crawler? Oh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. God damn it. It's, uh, when, uh, it's when the guy comes and then disappears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, okay. But he skitters out your window. He like. <laughs> that i also no. like the I idea of like a nightcrawler being like someone that like fucks you during the night and you're like and you uh just because we all have had like night sex and that happens sometimes you know and it just had night up on sex you. oh i have well, yeah, well, well you're like oh we're cuddling it's fun we're all friends oh wait we're having sex we're night kaylin kaylin what are you uh saying? Night, a night crawler is when you hook up with a really religious guy and then he starts like giving last rites after he comes. Oh God. Uh, like murders that. you, what? Yeah. The power of Christ compels you. That's when you come, is that what's not last rites? Compels uh, you. The, uh, wait, I have a really, I have a really quick night crawler. It's, uh, God, did I just lose it? I lost it, Never mind. move on. Well, yeah, he banned. <laughs> what's, what's a Moira McTaggart? Okay, they come 10 times in a row, and each time is a little bit different. I like that. That's good. Brent? I think a Moira McTaggart is really just describing when the area between your balls and asshole is super saggy. <laughs> yeah, that's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ryan? It, it's the new taint. It's the new taint of our culture. Um, yeah. A Moira Metagger could be uh, just someone that you fuck 10 times, and every single time, they don't seem to remember it. Just like, they're, <laughs> what? Like, oh, we did? We've met nine times before. You and are in me. different every time. Yeah. That's it. All right. What is, let's see, what do I have left? What's a silver samurai? Ooh. I mean, uh, it's very obvious. It's like a the, the cum is very reflective. Oh. Re reflective of your personality? Oh, uh, I mean, no, uh, like when, it, when they come, like it's like super shiny. That's, uh, it's when you're giving a blowjob and instead of when they jerk off on your face, they actually like slice their dick at you as they're coming. So then you get like a splatter, like normally like where there's a blood splatter on like a white sheet or something. Yeah. You get like a blood, you get a sperm splatter all over your face. <laughs> it's like in an anime where the head looks like separating at a fine. Yeah. You, know, you see the blood coming out. <laughs> all right, I'll have one more. And it is, um, since we had to deal with him all week in Hellions, uh, what is a Mr. Sinister? There's so much breathing here. I know. Yeah. That, you got to have a good one for this, I feel like. Yeah, okay, a it's a variation on a Superman. It's you come on a guy's back, and then you put a towel on the back, 
but the towel is like in like in like with tassels. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, uh, you jerk off in their eyes and then like smear it on them. So when they take their, it's like their eyes are just completely red. Their eyes are red and their face is white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, perfect. Or you just come once on their forehead, but it comes in the shape of a diamond. Or you blood red. You give people a blowjob, <laughs> but you've chiseled your teeth into shark teeth. So they're like, oh, I'm getting a Mr. Sinister when you get a blowjob. I hate that. <laughs> I, I don't like this. I don't like this, but uh, there's a lot of like talk about like fucking your brother, fucking your sibling, fucking your like twin, Ooh. blah, blah, blah. But clone fucking is truly a Mr. Sinister. And I'm currently doing it. You anyway, you're studying genetics to make a clone. Is that why Let's your name on, on Zoom is Chase Chandonet? Absolutely. Yeah. Little, yeah. little known fact, Ryan is actually a top tier geneticist who has created a clone of himself. Yeah, yeah. But through a series of experiments, <laughs> I've, mul- uh, I've mutated my entire body. And my, uh, yeah, I'm a mess. While you were he's school- also a bottom tier scientist. Uh, what were you saying, Brent? While you were in hey, school. Hey, come on. I was at the top of my class. Other people were studying with you, and they're like, I wanted to become a geneticist to help. You know, my brother suffers from a chromosomal disease, and I wanted to help be able to fix it. Why did you become a geneticist? And I'm so like, I, that sounds hot. Yeah. Myself. <laughs> no, I see. I thought a Mr. Sinister was like, it, it, I could see it being like a Superman, but you're coming by jerking off with stem cells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'll, keep, that'll keep your penis fresh. The yeah. most forbidden lube. <laughs> and it's really expensive. It yeah. is very expensive. All right, that so was that's a very pretty... spooky segment. Yeah. <laughs> it that's was. I told you it was going to be horrifying. Uh, I l- loved it. I hate some of you, but I loved it. All right, let's very quickly talk about the only comic we have this week, Dark Knight's Death Metal number four, Speed Force, something, something, K- <laughs> Do you have any comments? <laughs> yeah, just really quickly, I'll do a quick recap. Uh, you had uh, Zombies, Sergeant Rock acting as the Greek chorus by recapping the last few issues. Thank you, Sergeant Rock. Uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are still stuck in the twisted versions of the various crises. An aging dark side with tusks and a receding hairline tries to subjugate our Superman. The royal Mobius tries to dissemble our Batman, and our Wonder Woman convinces Superboy Prime to be a hero again. The heroes think they've succeeded, but the Batman who laughs or whatever he's called now does a typical villain thing by saying, this was my plan all along, and we have the last 52. What'd y'all think? I, I like the... I don't know. I'm having a hard time liking this. <laughs> I, and I say that only because it's... What I actually hated the most is the way the episode, the issue wrapped up, which is exactly how every issue of the last metal wrapped up, which was Barbados being like, this is what I wanted all along. And I'm like, if you have to keep pulling the rug out every issue, it's like, it's what I've come to expect. So I'm not even, I don't even care whether people are succeeding or not. I think the only thing that really stuck out to me was the continued Jonah Hex, Harley Quinn relationship. I feel like they're the only two characters that actually grew at all during all of these issues that we've read and i'm like oh they're real people and i'm, I'm only bringing this up i don't want to make a point about it but i know we just had our uh, boys podcast go live and we talked a lot about what's plot device versus what's character and the problem no, you're wrong adam yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> but no, no no but i think in this case like what i'm having a really hard time with is everything is plot like 
and I get it, it's been building for a while. And so I can respect that someone who really understands the overarching structure of all this might enjoy it. Cause to me, it's like, you know what actually it really feels like? It's like, if you were a person who never watched any of the MCU and you watched Infinity War, you'd probably look around the theater being like, what the fuck are you all cheering for and having a good time about? None of this makes any sense. And I think it's a little bit of that where it's like, there's a lot of momentum that's going on, which I'm sure is perfectly fine if you've really been in it. But I don't, I think compared to many other of the Marvel crosses that we read recently, I don't need, I'm not like attaching to anybody this time around, I think. Kalen? You know, I actually completely agree with you. Um, and like, look, this is a book and a crossover that should be made for me. And there are parts of it I do enjoy. I think the art's lovely. I like seeing sort of the, you know, apocalyptic versions of the heroes, pardon the pun. But like, I am starting to see all the seams yeah. of like where Scott Snyder needs to bring these characters to. And it's like, I know how this is going to resolve. Um, and it's taking away a lot of the, the fun and the momentum for me. Like eventually this is going to bring back like some seeming version of the multiverse, an infinite multiverse where every story in the DC universe actually happened. They tried doing this in the nineties, like Grant Morrison, Mark Wade, a few others with something called Hypertime, which basically was their way of saying the, the stories you enjoyed as a kid, which may be contradictory to the stories now, they still happen. They just happened off in like a an off branch of, of the, the tree of the multiverse. Uh, which was a great concept. It's just DC never really stuck with it. Um, I, I don't know, like the whole thing of bringing in Superboy Prime, a character I've never really enjoyed. Um, he's basically the manifestation of like a shitty, crappy, toxic fanboy uh, as a character. And now they're trying to redeem him, which felt very, it just felt very quick. Cause like he's reintroduced in the last issue or the, it wasn't even issue three. It was like the, all the various crises, like one shot that was part of, of death metal and then now like it's just wonder woman and just telling you know having a conversation like you need to join us you know we can bring back the universe that you love and like we can have infinite possibilities blah 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 i'm like it, it's very plot heavy to your point adam it's like the character stuff is very to the side the only character stuff i really do enjoy to your point also is the jonah hex harley quinn stuff even to some degree the swamp thing stuff yeah. um it's just it's just it's it, it's good, but it's messy and it's taking my enjoyment away from it. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably not wise to have two major apocalyptic crossover events in the DC universe happening simultaneously because they're both pretty hard to just kind of constantly keep track of and remember who's where, who's done what, anti-life equation this, anti-life equation speed force that, uh, <laughs> kind of all. Are you talking about deceased? Are you talking about deceased and this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just having going on simultaneously and it just feels like everything is very disjointed and it's just hard to keep track of who's what where. Yeah, I hear you. Any other last thoughts? Adam, do you or no? No, no, I've got nothing. Cool. All right, so that's <laughs> our episode. Uh, be sure to check out our review of Ten of Swords released this past Friday featuring returning special guest Dylan Carter from House of X. Uh, thanks for, for you to listening to the regular episode, which will always be released on a Monday. And the issue number is a 0.5 at the end of, with our classic logo. You should also check out our spicy review of Amazon Prime's The Boys Season 2, which is available now. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, Twitter at Homo Superior X. We're Homo Superior, where the future is great and the sugar mans are free.
Bye. Bye.